Ensuring the civil rights of students and staff is up for discussion on this episode of The Inside Scoop. Hello and welcome back to The Inside Scoop. I'm David Owen. Remember to like, subscribe, and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. Everyone wants to know their children are well protected. In fact, in our previous episode, we discussed how Cobb Schools prioritizes the physical safety and well-being of our students and staff through our Cobb Shield initiative. But what about ensuring civil rights? Here to bring us up to speed on this is our Assistant Superintendent of Compliance and Legal Affairs, Gretchen Walton. Gretchen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. As you have been here several times in the past, <laughs> you are an expert on all things legal for us, so we are very grateful for that. Um, so let's, let's just kind of start at a baseline here. What is a civil right? We start with um, their personal rights that are guaranteed and protected by the Constitution and a number of, of other laws mm -hmm. um, and that have developed through the years. Um, probably the most recent one was in the 90s where they've added some laws to protect civil rights. Okay. And the civil rights, I mean, obviously we have the civil rights era. That was uh, mm -hmm. the 1960s and right. early 70s. Were... And the Civil Rights Act came out of that in 1964. Okay. Um, so that's kind of the foundational federal law. Um, a lot of people think, oh, the Bill of Rights, that's the foundational, foundational Civil Rights mm -hmm. Act. Um, it's really not because that's the difference between personal liberties, like civil liberties mm -hmm. and civil rights. Um, civil Liberties so are more -like. like, sorry, I'm <laughs> sorry. Fine. No, I it's a, it. that, that's a, um, a reality. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, but no, I mean, no. Help us understand the difference between I, so there, so the I, right I think the easiest one to think about is like the First Amendment, because that's the one that most people know the best, sure. right? The freedom of speech. Sure. So that's really a civil liberty. Okay. Um, whereas a civil right would be your right to um, get a job on the same standing equal standing as everyone else, okay. not, oh, your, you know, whatever your personal characteristic is. Right. Um, I'm going to use a very like far-fetched, oh, you're from Mars. We don't <laughs> love that you're green and a Martian. And so we're not even going to consider you for the job. So um, that would be more of a civil right. Now, the civil liberty is I'm from Mars. I'm from Mars. I want to talk about Mars. And I have a right to do so, even if you find that disagreeable. So uh, that was a, a vague Elon Musk reference. He wants to <laughs> no. populate. Okay. That was a. I'm striving for something that will be neutral and um, not have a lot of connotations. So Mars, it is. That's where we landed <laughs> well, in today's podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, how how does Cobb Schools work to protect the civil rights of? I mean, it, it's not just our our students that they're our main concern obviously but we also have a pretty strong support of our staff and want to make sure staff rights are are protected right. all, all of our stakeholders right? Like, right that's one of our jobs um and it starts at the i would say foundationally again or, or at the ground level is our policies the policies first of all um state you know what our commitments are right like we're not going to discriminate we're not going to allow um discriminatory actions we're not going to allow harassment kind of big um, picture big big picture but then they also get to and sometimes it's an administrative rule that kind of goes with the policy tells you okay here's how you handle this 
right? Ah, like if you are dealing with sexual harassment, go to JCAC and you print it out. It's literally 20 pages long on here is the procedure in Cobb County School District to handle sexual harassment. Um, and that goes for each each type of I'm going to say complaint because that's actually the the federal term for it. Um, mm -hmm. But each type of complaint that could be brought has a policy then that says how we're going to handle it internally. Okay, so so you do have a a set, um, uh, not just the guidelines of of what to do, what not to do, but the the um, kind of guardrails on how it's managed. And yes. it's not just kind of an open, free range deal with this. There is a specific process, I presume. Yes. For, so there's for always a process. Um, part of that, we're so big, right? We're so big. So yeah. that helps us have some consistency. Um, it also, in the process, then um, it helps. These typically are something that leaders deal with in a very small, small volume or frequency. So, okay. you know, you build some expertise dealing with something repeatedly sure. or frequently. Um, discrimination and harassment claims are just not, thank God, are not um, super um, common. common or yeah. frequent. And because we have almost 18,000 employees and we have, you know, 112 schools, th that's, 112 different ways it could be handled then you add all the different departments yeah. so that's why we have a consistent process so that when for example a principal i mean they they have someone file a grievance they know okay now i have the grievance here's what i need to do and you can literally print it out and just check off the things and make sure you followed it pro yeah. properly so is the federal government still involved in our civil rights uh, related issues? Absolutely. Or is that, okay. And they have, so government agencies in general have an arm usually that is their job is to deal with civil rights. And the Department of Education has the Office of Civil Rights. Um, and they handle complaints alleging discrimination on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, disability, or age. Okay. Uh, they then, they'll get a complaint and then they figure out if they're going to open it or not. Um, so they Wait, open the complaint? Right. Or? There has to be enough information. So you could send them a letter and say, um, Cobb County Schools. Let's get you on mic. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> you could send I move around. Um, <laughs> you could send them a letter and say, like, Cobb County Schools discriminated against me because I'm from Mars. Um, they, you know, won't let me swim with the swim team because I'm green. Okay, well... <laughs> There probably has to be a little more to that. There yeah. have to be more facts, right? And so that's, I'm not going to pretend I work for OCR, but that's when they have to decide if they're going to open things. Um, their complaints typically lag. Uh, I've had one that was four years old. Um, they can wow. lag one, one, two years. Um, the one we recently uh, received that people were talking about on social media and that was in the news, it uh, we received it on December 5th. It was from 2021. Oh, so wow. it was over two years old. Mm -hmm. Over two years old. But it just, just hit the right. rubber mill and... Right. Well, I... I know they're, they're You're not going to get me into my all my thoughts on social media and misinformation, um, <laughs> and, but I will speak to it. I mean, because it's just it's important that people understand this, right? Like, 
these complaints are not, um, well, always relevant in my opinion, because we do, but like, if we take every complaint incredibly seriously. We, we are so big that we don't pretend we, you know, we're not the type to say, oh, that couldn't happen here. Right. Yeah. Um, we take every complaint seriously. And but the reality is a lot of times because of the lag, the kid may not be still here. Yeah. Um, the adults involved may no longer be here. Um, I've, I've dealt with more than one complaint where I'm literally having to chase witnesses in who are not even living in the United States. Um, it, it is. That it, seems like it'd be really, really hard for for you or for us as a district to, you know, try to chase down or even find witnesses or people who have any knowledge about what actually happened two or three years down the road. That, right. that seems like a huge disadvantage it, for, for us. It, it, it's interesting. It's also, they're very broad. Um, when you read them, they can be very, very broad. So I'm always relieved when it's a true incident, when someone's like, oh, this happened. This is why we think it was <laughs> discrimination. Ironic, it but, is, yeah. it is. There's some irony <laughs> to there, but, but it, I can, it's pretty easy to investigate a true incident, right? Like you usually have already, well, uh, I think so far all all of the OCR complaints and I have been I've been dealing with OCR complaints since 2012. Um, okay. I think all the ones I've dealt with I took a little break while I was doing something in teaching and learning but um, they if it's an incident people have usually already investigated it and handled it addressed it um, and at, then at some level at some level um, which is why most of our complaints with OCR, they find, oh, you, you did something about it that we found satisfactory. Hmm. So, But maybe someone else didn't, and so they submitted the complaint. They didn't like the, the answer. Is that maybe what? That would be it. They didn't like the answer. It's <laughs> no, not that the, not, someone else didn't. It's that they didn't like the answer yeah. or they didn't like the result. Um, but again, I mean, it's a good it's a good moment to kind of look under the hood and make sure that Don't things check. are running the way that they need to. Sure. Make sure that um, we're not um, unaware of of potential for violations, right? Because with with as many people and as many decisions that are made in a day, um, that's it's it's so possible. So, right? how many OCR complaints does the district? get in a, in oh, a year uh not that many not that many okay. um i would say we average between one and five okay um which again considering the the how big we are that's not yeah that's minuscule but uh, the the intensity of any of those five could be significant a lot of times with ocr the question isn't did it happen it's what did you do when it happened right the response right because if something's peer on peer or um even even an adult on with a kid right like if there's something that someone perceived as discrimination or harassment mm -hmm. or that they have something against the, you know the whole a complaint against the school or the district uh, uh, more broadly right. there are a lot of times when the circumstances are real so um some kids get in trouble at a school okay just as a hypothetical hypothetical okay. well i mean this this could be really real. So yeah. kids get in trouble at a school, school handles it. The complaint is the school didn't handle it fairly because 
my Martian kids are treated differently than everyone else. Ah. Okay, so that would be the gist of a complaint, um, of a discrimination complaint. Like there, um, like a national origin one would be this person was unkind to my child because they knew my child was from Mars. Oh. Um, and then there's all these questions like, with my hypothetical, with our hypothetical little green Martian friends, mm -hmm. um, there might be a visible, right? But sometimes like with national origin, there's this question of, how, how, did the person in question even know your child was from Mars, right? Yeah. Like it's a question of like what, so, so it's really interesting because you might, the incident might be real, right? Like, okay, they got in trouble. Like they did something, they absolutely got in trouble. We absolutely disciplined them. Then the investigation is the underpinnings of, did everyone else get treated the way these kids did? Or is it just the Martian kids who are getting suspended for this? Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Like that's where the potential discrimination could be. Or, um, or let's say back to the swim team, right? Is everyone else otherwise qualified getting to do this? And we just said, cause you're green, you can't do this. Or is there a problem cause you don't actually know how to swim? Right. So there's always there's this piece of like, what were the motives? It's it's not as obvious as one might think when there's a complaint of whether there was discrimination. And then there's a secondary piece of if something happened um, that we absolutely wouldn't be OK with mm -hmm. and we handle it. Is there like OCR becomes involved when they need to protect people's civil rights? Our hope is to always do such a good job that when they come to us, they're like, "Oh, you've got this." Yeah, that that you, is you our. You dealt hope. with it correctly, right? We want we want them to find their finding to be you handled this okay. if it came up. So a few minutes ago, you mentioned a person taking offense at another person's actions. And then uh, you also offered the alternative of offense at a school's actions and by extension, the, the district. So can you distinguish between or is there a distinction between the response for a an individual's offense versus an organizational based offense? How is that? Are, are they the same? With almost 18,000 employees and over 100,000 kids. And then you add in community members who are volunteers. And you, I mean, you just add in so many humans and the human element. Our job is just to make sure our expectations are clear as far as we're not going to, we are not going to have discrimination or harassment in this district. Yeah. Um, and to make sure that it, when we are, working on policies and we are implementing policies, right? It's to faithfully implement them too. Um, those pieces, individual organization, that's where the line is a little, it, it, if you're an individual, you're going to follow the organization's policies. Now, if there are some policy gaps or if there, if data shows us that there is a more, a, a broader situation, mm -hmm. we also have a responsibility to okay. handle that. Yeah. Um, to make sure those guidelines for the individuals are the proper guidelines, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. And, and to go back and say, you know, numbers can, can tell almost any story. Sure. And the question when you look at, say, data, say that there's a that there is a complaint based on numbers. Well, the question then is why? Why are these numbers what they are? 
if it is discrimination or harassment, handle that immediately, right? That's an immediate uh, no. If there are other factors, let's figure out what the other factors are and then try to mitigate those factors. Um, But then you're now kind of outside of the realm of the discrimination and harassment. But the first thing you have to ask is, okay, if all of our friends from Mars are getting suspended at a much higher rate than -hmm. everyone else, is that because they're from Mars? Or is that because they, you know, worship the moon? Is that because I know I'm just you're, making up. You're really I'm starting to worry up. me a little bit. I know. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, but but you have to ask those questions, right? Because we're right. just not going to allow that. I mean, that that yeah. we're not going to discriminate. We're not going to allow people to be treated differently because of personal characteristics and choices. Right. Um, and as long as the, the policies and all the, the structure are appropriate, then it might turn into maybe an HR thing or I guess no absolutely that's why we have that's thing. why we have employee relations right we, right we actually have people in HR who will handle um, discrimination or harassment um, and if it rises to a certain level well, you know we we will have to say this isn't going to yeah. work for Cobb County School District you're gonna have to go someplace else yeah. right um, students come first you students protect them they have to that's their yeah. job so um, so where can somebody turn if they, they feel like they have a legitimate um, civil rights concern for their student or, or for themselves? I mean, what, what is the first point of action that you would recommend they take so that things work properly to get the, the situation resolved amicably? Tell someone. Got to start there. Well, who's the someone? Well, yes, right. But who's the someone? <laughs> That's kind of the number one. Tell someone. And not tell someone on Facebook or tell your neighbor. <laughs> tell right. someone who is in a position of authority to investigate and handle and protect your child. Um, so the easiest way to know who those someones are um, and this is going to feel a little bureaucratic, but again, that's how we have consistency. The Family Information Guide and Student Code of Conduct are are published every year for the benefit of our families and students. Um, every family is supposed to review them. You okay. actually sign that the first time you go into Parent View. You check a little box. You that, acknowledge that you've seen them. That's the thing you get at the beginning of the school year, or Correct. I guess when you correct. So they're actually public. They're actually in laws. The the fact that you have to publish some of these contacts and who to find. Okay. So when you go to the middle of it on page twenty six, there's actually um, a chart of responsibilities for responses to civil rights concerns. Oh wow. Okay, so yeah. so we're not relying on Gretchen's uh, memory of the moment. No, we are not. Written. It is written right here. Not that you don't um, have a great memory. Well, I'm thank sure. you. I'm, yeah. I'm never insulted about things like that. Um, <laughs> but what is great about this is it's very specific about where to go, right? Okay. So, like, I'll give you an example. Title Nine. Um, there is a Title IX district. I'm actually the Title IX officer for the for the district, but then there are deputies under me. One has, does in human resources and one is for students. Those are the people that you reach out for Title IX, which is, sorry, sorry people don't live in my world. Sexual say. harassment and discrimination <laughs> um, is Title IX, right? <laughs> okay. So, but then um, if you are looking at facilities accessibility, I mean, there's a whole list here. Um, the first so student program accessibility for things like students with disabilities um things like that so it lists like who the different people were it also um talks on the federal level 
it gives the contact information for the Equal Opportunity, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the EEOC. Yeah. Um, it tells you how to get in touch with them if you're an employee, and then it actually gives the contact information for the Office of Civil Rights. Um, okay. So that's a great start place that's to a great start. Resource. Yeah. Um, and there's also a, a little explanation, which I think everyone should see and look at before they start filing a complaint about what discrimination and harassment are. Um, so that's that's in the family information guide. And then um, I will say your principal is always a good resource. They're always a good resource because if they don't know the answer, they're going to pick up the phone to someone who does. So, again, the first step, tell someone. Mm -hmm. The second step, you can always escalate. Yeah. We just need to educate people so they know to bring it forward and tell someone so it can be handled. This is all incredibly informative. Um, I love the fact that you can bring not only your legal expertise, but but your energy levels are always, <laughs> always encouraging. Is there anything else that you want to uh, add or bring to our attention? I think it's really exciting um, as our anti-bullying has evolved. We are um, next semester going to be doubling down those efforts. Um, okay. And we have um, a new version of our anti-bullying program that's coming out. And um, we're really excited about that. That's you okay. know, one of our responsibilities really is to teach kids. Um, that we're not going to discriminate and first they have to know what discrimination is they have to know what harassment is yeah. and then they have to know why we won't do it and then they have to literally see us act on that right like we're not going to tolerate that um yeah. so that we're really excited that that we're going to have that in all of our schools yeah. um you know kind of doubling down on all those efforts and and, and uh, for what it's worth though uh, we have also had the, the the superintendent has has been pretty adamant that everyone leaves their political agenda, their personal opinions outside of the classroom. And, and when you enter that classroom, it is for teaching and learning only, right? I right. mean, that's, he tells the entire staff that every, Every year we do that that first meeting when everybody comes back from summer break. Right. And that is one of the pieces that we are um, adamant about as far as keeping teaching first and learning first um, and not allowing those issues to come into our classrooms. Yeah. So again, thank you so much. That That's really informative stuff and uh, exciting to hear, frankly, uh, some of the things that are coming. So you can find helpful links in our show notes if you want to learn more about this stuff. There's an awful lot. As you can imagine, lawyers will come up with a lot of information for you. But uh, if you found this podcast informative for you and your family, please share it. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on future episodes. As always, thank you for listening to this edition of the Inside Scoop, a podcast produced by the Cobb County School District.